Hello, and welcome to the first ever live episode of the Hockey Podcast. This is a fan-run podcast by the Chicago Blackhawks here on the Windy City Hockey YouTube channel. So, let's first explain a little bit for everyone who's here. If you're in the YouTube chat about what's going to happen, we are going to have a bunch of questions that you guys can ask down, down in the comments if you want to. We will have a section at the end of the show where we go through any of the questions that we have and find all the ones that we have that are our favorites, and we will see those at the end and then answer them at that time. So leave any questions you have. If we don't see them, if we don't acknowledge them, that's not because we're not seeing them. It's because we're waiting until the very end to acknowledge any and all comments. But with that being said, my name is Tyler, and I'm joined, as always, by my three co-hosts, Wally. Go Hawks. Woo. Winning games is fun. They're better than the Ice Hogs. Okay. okay I don't know why. I, I don't know how. I don't get it. But Depression. Uh, well, it's All-Star break time, so it's a good time to actually relax from watching this team. Seth Jones All-Star. Should have been McCabe. John. <laughs> um, I suck suck right yeah, now. I don't know what's going on there. I, I don't know what's going on there. Who stole the real ice hogs? Yeah, that was that's a. These weird are body thing. doubles. That's so weird. What's up, I mean, Yeah, um, the ice hogs. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. But um, a couple of uh, pieces of information. Um. First thing I want to start with is actually um, something that I noticed that's a little bit interesting, and I think that it's a really good thing going forward for – actually, I'll start this first, obviously first. Nick, what jersey have you got on right now? A 2004 All-Star Game jersey. In honor of the upcoming All-Star Game, obviously. Yep. There we go. Um, it's cool. And with that – um, I want to start with an interesting topic. Um, the Blackhawks seem to be doing a lot more with their YouTube channels of late. You see me posting a lot more. They're posting highlights after every game on their channel. Um, mm-hmm. They also have, um, uh, it looks like a brand new podcast with uh, Colby Cohen, uh, Kaylee Shelios, and um, uh, Chris Fosters on there as well. And they're just doing a bunch of other things with it. And I think that it's a great thing. I think that They've always ignored their YouTube channel. I look at, like, the Buffalo Sabres who post, like, they have, like, probably, like, five videos a day on there just about different topics and different things. And they have behind-the-scenes interviews, highlights, everything. And that's something that I would like to see for basically every single team in the NHL. Yeah, um, I noticed with the Hawks that now with their YouTube channel, uh, they actually have one of the highest subscriber counts throughout the NHL, and now that they're actually posting, it's something interesting to keep an eye out. I was looking for uh, highlights of the Admiral game. Shocking that you would want to look up highlights for that game. And um, they post like every single goal has every single goal has its own video. It's kind of weird. For the Ice Dogs? No, like for the Admirals. Oh, the Monkey Admirals. Okay, it's really odd. Like they're like it's like, it's like a it's like it's like blank blank got a goal. And it's like a twenty second clip. 
That's like it's like a Twitter page thing, not a YouTube video thing. <laughs> On the YouTube, aren't they also posting uh, like the season long series where they go behind the scenes and stuff like that? They are. Yeah, they've done that a little bit. Yeah. Um, if the season wasn't so dreadful, I'd actually enjoy it. <laughs> oh, one thing to mention about the podcast by uh, Boosters and uh, uh, Kobe Cohen is that uh, like they do like what Boosters? John. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, um, they they have like their own like segment where like they talk about their biggest like pet peeves on like a certain situation it's kind of funny listening to like their airplane pet peeves yeah yeah well i guess we could do one question real quick because uh they just hopped in the chat real quick yeah, this is an interesting it. one to, to take a look into where will patrick king go if Hawks don't renew his contract, or will he be traded? And for whom? And draft picks. Okay. Um, personally, I think that there's a lot of smoke with the Rangers thing that I honestly think isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Ever since I heard the Rangers might be going after Timo Meyer, that just feels like it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And I think that that's that's a trade. I think that they would be way more willing to move a guy like that. Did you hear? Did you hear what Darren Drager said recently? Like within the last like couple hours? No, I did not. What is this? Um, he said that if we're gonna if if we're gonna trade with the Rangers for Kane, we want either La- Alexis Lafreniere or Capo Caco. I'm not surprised. Which makes sense. I'm not surprised that the Hawks want that. The question is, what will the Rangers do? Because Kane isn't young. And you're giving up on a young guy, even if those young guys have fractured development cycles. I don't know if they'd be willing to move those guys for Kane, but I think they'd be willing to move those guys if the if a different trade makes sense, which is why I do think in the end we might see something like Lafreniere for Timo Meyer, which I think would actually be a great move for both teams. Um, in terms of Kane... I think there's there's other teams out there that aren't being talked about right now that probably do make more logistical sense, but I think everyone's just gravitating to the Kane and Panarin connection thing from the past. That's what it is. Everyone, I think uh, the issue where the Kane-Panarin uh, connection happened was, I believe it was 32 Thoughts talked about it, where... Kane could be interested in reuniting with Pandaren back in the summer when they traded away everyone. And then um, they, I believe the um, Spit and Chicklets also talked about it beforehand. So I think it's mainly because the two of the biggest hockey uh, podcasts talked about it and to fruition, people are now thinking this is going to be what's cause, uh, going to happen. Hawks are going to trade with the Rangers, and it's going to be Kane to the Rangers, which, in my opinion, I don't see happening, frankly. At this point in time, I do not see Patrick Kane in a New York Ranger jersey. Yeah. Um, trying to think about other teams that would actually make sense, you know, not just um, in terms of, of fit, but also financially. Um, Buffalo. 
It's a different. It's a different one. <laughs> Buffalo. Buffalo's interesting, but that would be an interesting one. I could see one, but I just don't know. I think that they have a good thing going, and even if, even if Kane is a great player, I don't know necessarily if they want to accelerate the their expectations that fast. I could. If Kane ended up in Buffalo, I honestly I can see him signing there as a free agent, just yeah, like uh, Claude Giroux did with Ottawa this mm-hmm. off season. He's from Ottawa. He went to Ottawa in the free agency market. I could see Kane do a similar situation if he wanted to go to Buffalo. Yeah, one team that I'm looking at that I think could actually make um just as much sense as the Rangers could be a team like the Capitals. Yeah, I mean, could they afford him? They, they they lost a lot of playmaking because Nick Backstrom is like LTI retired. Oh, wait, didn't he? Return? Here's is he back? I thought so. Is he actually back? The team I've been thinking could try and make a splash for Kane if they do. If uh he doesn't return from his injury until. If they put him on LTIR, he is Toronto. back. Oh, Nick Backstrom's back. Okay, I didn't even know that. I could see something happen okay, where a uh, team. <laughs> I could say this: Toronto could be an interesting player at free age at trade deadline market. If uh, Austin Matthews does not return from his injury, they said at least three weeks. That doesn't mean he's out three weeks. They could put him on LTIR open up $11 million in salary cap space and activate him on playoff game one for the Leafs. And... Good, but I, I have a very hard time believing that three weeks, that at least three weeks equals three months. Hey, and uh, weird ankle sprains like that can cause a uh, longer term injury. Mm-hmm. Look at Tyler Johnson. I'm Tyler I wonder, Johnson. Tyler I wonder if Carolina's a possibility. That's a good one too. Yeah, that's that's a good one. One. yeah. They don't. What one thing they could use in Carolina is like an extra element of star power, mm-hmm. and just well playmaking as well. Um, they're really solid defensively, so they can afford to take the plunge on Kane. And the idea of Kane sending uh sending. Uh, perfect passes to Svechnikov sounds fantastic. Yeah. All right. And with that, we are going to move on to the next topic at hand, which is all the call-ups, send-downs, uh, injuries, and everything along with that that we have. So um, Jackson Stauber has looked fairly impressive in his time with the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, yes. which is something I didn't expect at all. Um, we'll get to Soderblom uh, in a little bit, but I did not at all expect Jackson Starber to look as good as he has. What are your guys' thoughts on Jackson Starber being just oddly, randomly amazing? Because he's an I... Ice Hog legend, Tyler. You should have expected this. <laughs> Silly. And he's again an Ice Hog player as of 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um I think Stahlberg has played well, and the fact that he got two career starts in the NHL, getting both wins against a team in Calgary and a team in St. Louis who's been 
on and off and not been good at all this year. Uh, I think uh, build some confidence for Stahlberg because now that he's headed back to Rockford, he could probably uh, take that confidence into Rockford and help the Ice Hogs come out of this bad funk they are in because Arvid Soderbloom has not been the answer right now. I'm sorry. Soderbloom has been broken ever since the Blackhawks called him up and then sent him back to Rockford. He's been horrendous. I get it. He's had injuries, but he's just not been good. Okay, yeah, two... Wait, I want to interject real quickly. Yeah, there's something else two, there. Two, two, um, on, uh, to give Soderboon the benefit of the doubt, he did play well last night. There was only one goal on him. The it OT was, one. Yeah, the OT one. But, OT but it was one goal. The offense did not provide him any help at all. So just to get just to give him benefit of the doubt. But the fact yeah. is every time it seems like every other start he's had, they've oh, been yeah, soft 100%. Goals he has against. to play better. He has to play better 100%. Mm-hmm. But the whole team's not playing right well right now. I don't think we can I don't think a ho- I don't think hockey's a game where you can peg um a losing streak on a goalie. I'm not necessarily saying that it's that it, that he's to blame for the Ice Hogs being bad. I'm more so saying that it's bad that he's being bad. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. It's also bad the whole team's sucky. Yeah, the whole team can't really figure it out, which is frustrating beyond belief. Um, uh, but... I want to get into these. Uh, let's 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 go right into. Uh, we'll we'll head into that when we get into the uh, ice hog section. Um, yeah. We will head now into the last four game recaps, and the first game that we have is against the LA Kings. And um, I'm just going to put it out there: this was the most boring hockey game I've ever watched in my entire life. Uh, it was a snooze fest. It was terrible hockey, and that that's all you have to say. Mm. It was just bad. Um, I mean, I think that the funniest thing. Uh, so, so the LA Kings started Phoenix Copley in this game. Uh, he was he started in a back to back. Both games are back to back because the night before he got pulled less than a minute into his start after giving up two goals. And the Hawks proceeded to barely test the guy in the entire yeah. night. It's like, you have this guy who is definitely Thank the best goalie in their organization, um, will definitely get sent down once Cal Peterson figures out his stuff. Um, and they just didn't even sh- take any shots. They just didn't test him at all. There was only one shot on goal through fourteen thirty into the game. Yeah. Not good. First shot comes 15 minutes into the game. It was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, we got Reese Johnson fan here. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Yup. <laughs> oh, my God. Reese Johnson fan, you're Hi. right. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you, Reese. Oh my God! Thank you. That's oh, incredible. Okay. okay. Um. Oh my God! I'm crying. But um, this game was, of course, it started out because uh, 
first piece of note was that um, hard to believe, but Isaac Phillips played the night before, pulled him out. Ian Mitchell came in, and then Isaac Phillips uh, ended up getting sent down for the rest of the week. So we'll discuss how Phillips did back in Rockford later. But um, this game for Ian Mitchell, um, I know he scored. But I, not I, I, I don't his, care. His, he, he was a I don't he, care. He was at full for <laughs> both goals. <laughs> He was he was part of the win for both goals against us. It was not good. Yeah. It was I, very bad. So it may he may have scored a goal. He was still a minus on that night. Let's be honest, he was. Oh, yeah, he was still a minus, and um, it just there was it was just a lot of issues. Um, you know, everything was coming from. Uh, there was barely anything happening to start. And then when anything did happen, it came from the Kings. Um, yeah. There were some good moments. Um, I remember that one shot that Arvidsson had was a crossbar post and out, which was – I was like, Probably how did one. that not score? <laughs> um, Kobe made yeah. a good call, though, during the game in, in that the Kings were playing a 1-3-1 structure. So they were able to, to create turnovers and then weed that into offense. And to note, Patrick Kane even said the Hawks have had the issue of even playing against the one three one since the twenty seventeen playoffs. So. Don't remind me. The Hawks have had the, have, the Hawks have had an issue of doing anything successful since the twenty seventeen playoffs. I mean, they weren't even successful. The only time they were successful was when they beat the Oilers in the playoffs. And even then, that was just um, a pipe dream. Cuckoo God mode. Yeah. No, you gotta. You also gotta put. It was Maha Kirby Doc. God, that was that was, that was Kirby Kuhu, Doc. Maha. That was Maha. the Kirby Doc everyone thinks the Habs have now. <laughs> don't tell them that. Don't don't tell Habs fans. <laughs> don't tell Habs fans Frank Nazar exists. And he's coming who's back been, soon. Who's yes, he is. Yes, um, that is that is a good uh, thing to note. Uh, there's reports out uh, from the from University of Michigan um, hockey people that Frank Nazer should be back in about like a couple weeks, which is good. Um, so let's head into um, our next note, which is. Um, on this game. And again, it wasn't, the game wasn't going all too well. Um, the goal that ended up coming was from a, uh, from a really bad breakaway to allow mm-hmm. uh, poor recognition from Ian Mitchell. Um, there was a missed high stick, which probably should have been called, there were two but missed. I don't really yeah, care. Yeah, yeah, There were two misses. There were two misses. The, the, the tripping was more blatant, and it oh, should yeah, have awful. been a called penalty, and I believe that's what ended uh, Tyler Johnson's night because he did not return to play after that. And he's yet to play since. Yes. He's always getting injured. I feel bad for the guy. He re-aggravated his ankle injury. Yeah, that, um, that happens. Um, it's always the case. So Anderson Dolan scores his first goal of the night on this play. Um, uh, Anderson Dolan and Kevin Fiala were both uh, fantastic all game, which, of course, is funny because uh, 
you know, you have this duo playing t- together, and yet you have uh, Fiala, who has, like, upwards of 30 assists, and you have Anderson Dolan, who has, like, less than five goals. <laughs> yeah. And yet they're playing together. It's, like, it's kind of funny. Um, the minor injury for Seth at the end of the uh, first, but he was fine heading into the second, and it didn't really bother him throughout the rest of the game, which, of course, is good. Um. And uh, they ended up moving Athanasio up to the top line because Tyler Johnson went out. Uh, it didn't change anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show some of the comments that pop up. On yeah, the yeah no, that's good. Um, uh, um, this was probably one of the plays that was more frustrating to me. Um, so Kane actually causes a turnover uh, at – our defensive blue line, and we had an opportunity to get like a four on two going, but we just decided to dump it and change instead. Which, considering how the night was going, I guess that's not like even the worst thing you could say that happened. But yeah, I would also say that you would want to see when you get a chance like that, when you get an opening and you get a four on two, you don't just dump and chase. Just because, I mean, sure, everyone's tired, but, like, take advantage of those, like, 10 seconds you have to, like, make make something. I mean, you can't even use tiredness as an excuse because the Kings were also on the back half of a back-to-back. I mean, tiredness in that exact moment. Oh, I see. End of a shift. Yeah, I see, I see. My bad. But, yeah, um, I just remember writing down multiple times, this is really dull, this game sucks, this is the worst hockey game ever. Being outshot 21 to 7, five minutes to go in the second. To be honest with you, I don't know how Phoenix Copley stayed like awake. He, like, he could have fallen asleep back there. And he probably did fine. fall asleep at points because <laughs> the game so was boring. Him. I think we've already spent way too much time discussing such a boring game. Uh, one actually interesting note. Uh, so this was like the like the first time apparently like in Kane's entire career where he had back to back games with zero shots on goal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's fun. Um, Ian Mitchell then scores because you know the hockey gods like to reward players who play terribly in the game with late goals. Yeah, that, my narratives. Like remember that game a couple? That was that game where. Max Domi and Tyler Johnson were both dreadful, and then they both ended the game with assists when Seth Jones scored. And then the, that was the Seth Jones two goals game. He didn't have a good start to the game either, and then he got two goals. Yeah. The hockey gods are not do not show mercy. No, not at all. But in the end, Blackhawks lose that game. Final score was 2-1. to one. Uh, It was a close game only by a technicality. Yeah. Um, the team was not very good at all in that, that night. Uh, the team was dead. Uh, horrible, horrible hockey. Just very, very bad game. Both teams were awful. Uh, and we've already spent way too much time discussing it. Hey, at least we saw Derek King slash Walter White. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've seen it yeah, all season. Yeah, Derek King. Like, Derek King is something that I enjoy or something. <laughs> all right. Let's get into the next game. Yeah, it was a lot, um, I think a lot of the same. We need to start this section 
by going over the pretext of what the heck has been going on in Vancouver before this game. Oh, yeah. Um, Bruce, there he's gone. Bruce, there he goes. (laughs) You had to do him like that. Hey, the Canucks did him dirty. I feel bad for Bruce Boudreau. That team's a complete and utter failure of a franchise they will never win a stanley cup how they build their franchise okay let's start here so oh my god this was the first game where noted tnt host rick tockett was coaching for the vancouver canucks i believe there was a note where they said that there was a note in rick tockett's tnt contract that any time that if he ever was that he ever was interested in a coaching job, he had to give TNT four weeks notice. I don't care. It's still so stupid. let's acknowledge the fact that it had probably been four weeks that they had first dis- since they had first discussed bringing in Rick Tockett, which basically means that Bruce Boudreaux had been a sitting duck. Fired He's a dead man walking. Basically, just a dead man walking for four weeks. Then we have the whole situation where media didn't help at all with some of the questions that they were asking. Um, there, and the guy was crying at press conferences. Fans were showing him all the love in the world, and it's such a, a weird situation. Um, I know that. I know that the way that he was treated wasn't good, but until that point, it certainly wasn't, he certainly wasn't actually doing that great of a job. Like the team did kind of collapse and, you know, the team does fall on the coach. It may fall on the coach, but he's still a better coach than Rick Tockett. Tockett has a career losing record. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux has one of the best winning percentages as a head coach in NHL history. Mm-hmm. I mean, they should the have fired him if they didn't want him. Yeah, they should have. Yeah. They gave him an interim tag last year when they fired uh, Travis Green. They hired him as an interim coach. Then they gave him a actual contract in the summer for a one-year extension. I believe... It was um, the front office of the Canucks wanting to have him fired after the season last year ended. They couldn't find their coaching candidate, and they wanted to do it a dirty way in mid-season four. Because the Canucks have had their... I will say this. The Canucks also has had their problems with their medical staff in the last few months. And now they are having their problems with their front office and how poorly run it is and how they are firing Bruce Boudreaux, for instance. I mean, there's also the Rachel Dory situation. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we don't know the full details there. There's actually like a genuine legal dispute going on there. But the, I mean, the things that you heard about what she said doesn't make the Canucks look good at all. <laughs> I would say this, the Acolinis are probably the worst owners in the sport of hockey. Wasn't, wasn't there that whole thing, uh, weren't they, wasn't he getting sued too or something? 
I don't think he was getting sued. I think he was actually under criminal investigation, oh. but oh I God. could be wrong. I could be wrong. So don't take that for credit for what I said. I think I'm a little bit off on it, but that's what I thought it was. I thought there's, I there's read something, something about there's it. something going on there with Francesco Accolini, and um, it's not good. Uh, you know, there's so many... And notable examples of bad owners in sports. Um, I would say that Stan Kroenke is worse, but he's not as involved in the Avs as he mm-hmm. is in like the Rams. So can't really say he's worse than Aquilini in that situation because it's more on Josh Kroenke, who's not a horrible human being. Yeah. Um, but let's get into what actually happened in the game itself. Um, jersey was thrown. The jersey, the jersey being thrown, <laughs> which of course you would have to say, you would have to say, ended up uh, being that last kick in the butt that the Canucks need to outshoot the Blackhawks, forty-eight to fourteen. Uh, that was the lowest shot. This team did not show up in this game. At five v five, they were outshot thirty-eight to five. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the lowest shot. Uh, shots for a game the Hawks have had in five years. Yeah, Here's five years. Totals. Jesus. Yes. Here's your oh shot God. totals. I knew it was the lowest this season, but okay. I didn't know the the, the last five look, years. I looked at it. It looks like he, this was the lowest in five years. Here's your shot totals per period um, for the Blackhawks. Six four four. <laughs> Here's your shot totals for the Canucks. In each period. 21, 14, and 13. <laughs> it's... I mean, good on Rick Tockett, I guess. Hey, well, they got their butts <laughs> kicked in the next night. It was a complete... But Tyler, Luke Philpin. Luke Philpin is NHL debut. Let's Luke talk Phillip about happy things. Yes, let's get it. Let's, let's get it. Let's, let's talk about happy debut. things. Luke Philp NHL debut, which I didn't actually know the full story of Luke Philp until I looked it up a couple days ago. I did not know that this guy played U Sports. He put what? 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 U Sports. So U Sports is essentially Canadian college hockey. Oh, okay. Now, the thing with Canadian college hockey is that the majority of people who play in Use sports, you know, because they're Canadian and they're like, uh, they're like so British. They use the word university instead of college uh, as their um, as their like colloquial term. Uh, so they have U sports, university sports, and most people who play U sports hockey are guys who um, were WHL players who are past or like or CHL players who are past. CHL and are um, kind of uh, they're more likely than not not going to end up in the NHL. So they go to U Sports. They uh, they um, get in a, they get a college education there, and they get to play hockey. And then maybe a few of them work their way into pro hockey afterwards. Like we've seen a couple of guys. Logan Thompson, the goalie for Vegas, played played a I think a season or two at U Sports before getting signed up by Vegas. 
But Luke Hope ended up playing four years in U Sports after his time in the WHL. And ironically enough, last season he was playing for the Calgary Flames, which will get in, which will become notable in a very short amount of time. And another U Sport player last night. Yeah. <laughs> the Berlin Wall. Came in, Berlin Wall. Came in the game. <laughs> I think I think there were three U Sports because Derek Ryan plays for Edmonton too. Oh yeah, but Luke Phillips didn't play last night. Or no, he did. Oh. He did. No way. No, no, he did. No, he did not. <laughs> there were two. No, there were still no, no, he, no, no. I saw he a player not. I was looking night. at the wrong thing. Um, no, he did not. Uh, we had Tay's back. Um, yeah. So uh, in this game against Vancouver. Um, Colin Delio revenge Colin game. Delio makes his Colin first Delio revenge game. Of course, it I think what's funny a... about this whole Colin Delio revenge game is the fact that he had a lower save percentage than Peter Mrazek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it uh... wasn't even, like, close. Like, Peter Mrazek in this game had a save percentage of 915. Colin Delio in this game had a save percentage of 857. But the I shot would... totals and shot differentials were so wide that it didn't matter, and they still won. I will still say this. This probably was Peter Mrazek's best game of the season. Oh, yeah. And he at gets least, a loss. At least, up, at least up there somewhere because... It's definitely up there. No question. Because, honestly, he was given nothing to work with. Like, yeah. there, I mean, Wally, I'm guessing sure you have some uh, some more uh, advanced data on this. I think the, the XG in the game was, like, ridiculous. Uh, it was... They uh, the Canucks had eighty percent expected goals. The Blackhawks had twenty. Um, Yay! Well, this is at five numbers. Um, Oh, okay. Expected goals for for the Blackhawks was one point four eight. The expected goals against was five point six four. Is that is that all or five on five? I think that might be all strengths. I think that's all. Okay. Yeah. Five v five was four to eighty five. Or 0.85, sorry. Yeah, so essentially, they had over five expected goals. <laughs> That's over five expected goals. <laughs> let's, let the, let's let that really sink in for a second. The Chicago Blackhawks played a hockey game that they lost by three goals, and their goalie had a positive goal save above expected, by over a goal and a half. That is not... That's not normal. Yeah. This was not... That's this not, was not a situation... That is not normal. This was not a situation where the goalie let them down. This was not a situation where we even got goalied. Neither of those things happened. If you flipped the goaltending performances in this game, the score would have been 10 nothing. <laughs> It's like the red. It's like the penguin game. I forgot what year it was. That was like 2017, wasn't it? It was the 2017 whole season opener for the Blackhawks, and we faced Antti Niemi. We fell on his face that night. I think one one small interesting note there is Andre Kuzmenko scored two goals in this game, and then two days later he signed a two year contract extension. We yeah, already, and there was rumors of him getting traded, like, right after he scored those two goals. And then he signs the extension. Um, we are the I reason he got paid. I am convinced. I remember hearing something before where there were reports saying that 
if Kuzmenko's going to sign, the number's going to start with a six. And then he signs for five and a half. Yeah. Uh, he also got a his, trade clause, uh, to be fair. Yeah, he did. Yeah, a trade clause, which... So... Oh, my God. You want me to tell you I want to stay in Vancouver? Wait. Wait. You're telling me that, you're telling me that I'm putting something in here which makes it more likely for me to stay in Vancouver. Maybe they threatened him, man. We don't know. Here's your freaking pin. Sign it. <laughs> you're going to take your no trade clause and you're going to like it. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I don't really know what else there is to say from this game, like, entirely. Oh, I have something um, to say. Can uh, I say something? Patrick Kane had a shot, at least. Yeah, he had a shot. He had two shots. He scored I'm, a goal. I'm not very yeah. happy with Caleb Jones. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I wasn't happy you know what... with anyone in this game. I mean, okay, I well, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning what Caleb Jones is doing. Because he gets the puck in the in like the what right circle, maybe slot area, and he just forehand glides it for like five feet, and then he and then he get, shoots it and wait, and then it gets blocked. That's Caleb yeah. Jones for you, yeah. and then it leads to a breakaway. It leads to a breakaway. Yeah, I mean, not the, not the first time. Luke said breakaway. Not the first time we've talked about a breakaway today. Um, but yeah, um, uh, Seth Jones minus three. That was fun. Um, yeah, All Star Steph Jones. Was that Where's the, Jordy? Is Jordy in here? He got exposed no, on the one Kuzmenko goal. Oh that yeah, oh bad. yeah, that was bad. He's been getting um, exposed lately, <laughs> like Connor McDavid. He's played. He's played better. He has played better. I, I, played I, better. I don't. I don't think this week was the best. No, that was his. Good not a very since he's turned his season around. This was probably his worst week. Yeah. Oh, I'm also mad at Max Domi. He was awful. Oh, yeah. The cross chuck. And the then 17 yeah, that... penalty minutes. That's not good. Oh yeah. Um... He and the, most of those penalty minutes came from a fight that wasn't even like that bad of a hit. Like it was a oh, no, completely clean hit. Yeah, and there goes your 1C for 10 minutes. Uh, 17 minutes. Yeah, 17 minutes, actually. Uh, I remember one time, I think... Uh, I don't remember how I remember this, but there was some time... I think it might be because I was actually at that game where Patrick Sharp had, like, a 17-minute penalty because of the 5-10 and 5-10-2. <laughs> that's, that always is like what comes to my mind is like Patrick Sharp getting that same penalty a while ago. So he was out for like 17 minutes or something like that. Um, but uh, with that, let's just move uh, into happy times. Um, we have a win this week. We have a win. We have a win to report. Huzzah. Um, and even so, and even so in this game, we still didn't score the best goal of the game. Well, you can't really top that Uberdo goal. Oh my god! No, it's Ubi Dooby Do. While we get it right, Ubi Dooby Do. Seat on that thing. Um, but let's those go jerseys to... though were terrible. I have to say that. <laughs> no, those the jerseys uh, are amazing. Jerseys. Blasty, I, I love Blasty. Blasty's cool. Um, two Blasty's goaded, which is fun. Um, up, oh, we lost. I think Tyler. you might be frozen. <laughs> 
I I, can, I know I'm. You guys can hear me though, right? Yeah. 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 You're just looking oh, down though. <laughs> yep. Oh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you're still frozen even if you turn off your camera. Oh, oh, we lost Tyler. I that turned off so the camera likely. and it didn't change. Oh, it's a black screen. I'm still here, right? Yeah, it's a black yes. screen now. Okay. Um, Tyler, uh, leave Streamyard and come back. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, he disconnected. <laughs> Device disconnected. Uh. Alright, let's so, talk about this game though. Yeah. Um Ian Mitchell with another turnover. Not good. <laughs> that's the first note you have. Uh, I was no. gonna say Taze is Taze is out because uh that's the illness. Illness. Yeah, and Oh yeah, so Jason uh, Dixonson was the first line center. Awesome. Yeah. And somehow it's working. Yeah, somehow it's yeah. working. <laughs> uh but, I'm questioning uh, how it's working. To know Luke Filt was supposed to be scratched that game. About 15 minutes before game, he was told to be put in because Taze I'm glad he wasn't will... scratched because that, that was... that's his hometown yeah, team, exactly. hometown. I would have been no, like, he from Vancouver? No, he's he's from, no, he's from uh, Alberta. I need, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll believe it. I, th- I, th- I thought I looked, at, I thought I saw that he was from the Vancouver area. No, all right, I think it works now. Yeah, you're good. That was yep. very funny. Um, so, uh we were just talking and, about Luke Philp. Yeah, Luke Philp ended up playing this game. Um, guy was was with the Flames uh, last year. Um, but the uh, the game starts uh, in terms of uh, in terms of goals in this game. Uh, it starts late into the first period. Um, fairly even game to start. Uh, the the Blackhawks remembering that you know you're allowed to shoot on a goalie. <laughs> because he's wearing hey did you know that you have a piece of rubber and you're allowed to shoot it at the guy with the big pads yeah what an abstract concept <laughs> like, and you can shoot it at the guy who's wearing the same jersey as what they were wearing facing the other night <laughs> because those flames jerseys and canuck jerseys are the exact same <laughs> they're very they're they are actually they're way more similar than i actually thought they were um but yeah no so they're both Black Hawks in this though. game um a fairly even performance in terms of uh the play on the ice um and it starts uh fairly late into the first period um uh philip kurashev continues to be fantastic um and then Max Domi and Taylor Radish keeps on scoring. And that's the first goal in terms of lines in this game. We'll discuss all the different lines. So we have our second or no, this would be this would be our second line goal for this game. We'll get into the other ones later. I think we completely forgot to mention the fact that Jonathan Taze wasn't playing. Oh, we mentioned no, that. We we talked about it. You guys did mention that. Okay, that was in my break time. Uh, so yeah, so Taze was out. Uh, Philip came back in when he wasn't supposed to play. Boris was back, which because he hadn't played in like two and a half weeks. Um, Surprisingly, good game for him, I guess. Oops, sorry. He had surprisingly, Kachuk did okay. Yeah. So first period, late in the second line goal, Radish scores, um, and then 
under a minute to go, about 30 seconds left. Oh my goodness, this Hooby-dooby-doo. goal was glorious. I remember watching it and screaming like, oh my God, because I was just blown away by how impressive it was. And then I watched the replay, and then I was like, this is more impressive on a replay. Mm -hmm. Seth Jones was taken for a ride, unfortunately. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Um, But Hoobie Doobie Doo score, that's cool. Huberto, that was just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, Hero scores. We end the first period, and the game is tied uh, one-to-one. That changes, though, into the second period. Um, The team playing well, and then we get our fourth-line goal. Um, This one is the first career point for Luke Philp, and it's a goal from Boris Kachuk. The Uh, game-winning goal. In all honesty. Yeah, the game-winning goal by Boris Kachuk. In a two-point night, the first hey. of his career. Uh, didn't uh, Boris Kachuk give up a game-winning goal, a few, the game he got that led to him getting scratched since January 3rd? Was that the blue <laughs> oh my game? God, it's the yeah, that was. He hadn't played since the 3rd at that time. Um, yeah, well, so that game was the 26th. Uh he last played on the third, which means that twenty-three days between NHL games for Boris. Boris um, is officially Luke Richardson's first uh, true. Um, I don't know why my dogs are going nuts. Uh, are officially the first true doghouse player of Luke Richardson's career. I'm go. I want to make a joke, but I won't. <laughs> go ahead. I no for legal reasons I won't. Okay. Legal reasons. Oh, Tyler. No, Tyler, I won't. Tyler. I won't go there, especially because we're live. Um, <laughs> um, um, at least the but, former team commander is helping us win. That's good. Yeah, we're, we're uh, going forward. Just win. Um, that time, Boris Kachuk understands that if you have a shot from the middle of the ice, then you can score as opposed to passing it up the middle of the ice against St. Louis. <laughs> that that play was bad, but this play was good. Um, <clears throat> and this was the only goal until the la- very last goal where it wasn't all three forwards on the ice who got a point. Ian Mitchell ended up getting the secondary assist as opposed to the other fourth liner, Reese Johnson. Um, but then afterwards... We head into the third goal uh, about 15 minutes into the third period, or second period. First line center, Jason Dickinson. First line center, Jason Dickinson, uh, with assists from Patrick Kane and Athanasiu. Um, Vintage Patrick Kane-like assists. This doesn't make sense. The, like, what? Jason Dickinson. Oh, yeah, being, being good on the first line. Jason completely. Dickinson being an offensive juggernaut. It doesn't completely. add up. Um, completely Dickie turning out. into the next Artem Anisimov. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jason Dickinson being oh, good on the first that line. would be a treasure. Oh my goodness. Um, completely overrules the laws of physics and everything. Is Wally trying to get back in? Uh, uh, he's apparently. not entered the uh, studio. Oh. 
he might not be able to come back. He said that he'll try to come back. Okay, we'll try to come back. But if not possible, the three of us are here and we have things to discuss. Um, Can we give a quick note to how well Colin Blackwell played in the Ozone today? Or, or that game? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, We'll get to, and we have, Um, I mean, we've already talked about the second line. We've already talked about the fourth line. We've already talked about the first line. Next up, third line. Third line goal. This time, Lafferty, Blackwell, Entwistle. They get on the board 16 minutes into the second period. Um. Lafferty what? keeps scoring randomly recently. I mean, he yeah. had a very long stretch of not scoring after having a couple goals to begin the, the season. But now he's got like five in his last like 10 or so games. At this point, Blackwell has missed two breakaway goal chances. <laughs> I mean, he had uh, a lot of chances. I'm, I'm, I was quite surprised. By so Blackwell. he passes over to Lafferty and he gets a, he gets a point. But the fact that uh, Blackwell could honestly have had a hat trick that night, not scoring a single goal, it sucks for the guy. Yeah, he should have been. I will say Blackwell, as of late, I think we found a better fit for him. I've always said that there's something about him. He's got he's a really good speed, um, but he doesn't fit with like the way that a guy like Kara or a guy like Reese Johnson wants to play on a fourth line. I don't think that you can pair those guys with Colin Blackwell and get the most out of him. I will admit I was wrong. I was wrong on Colin Blackwell. The I, one mean, thing was, with Blackwell... I would say he wasn't playing well, but I think that there are reasons why he can be good. The one thing with Blackwell, he cannot stay I'm happy on to be wrong. Feet. I'm happy to be wrong. There's every game Blackwell plays, he's probably... Uh, probably slips and falls about two times a game. I think that with that, I understand it because it's not, sometimes being that fast doesn't mean that you can actually like handle it. And he's going so quickly around the ice that sometimes he just can't handle his own speed. But he has really good pace when he wants to. And, he can make things happen. It's just, I mean, he's not a star or anything. He's not like a top six player. But like, if you put he's him a in third an environment player. where, if you put him in a on a line with players that fit his style of play, he can do things. He can be effective. And I think that we're getting closer to making Colin Blackwell useful. Yeah, I agree. Um, and. With that, we then head into the third period. Um, the 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 Blackhawks kind of just shut it down. Um, they were ended up, did end up getting outshot in this game, which of course doesn't look particularly kindly on one uh, Jacob Markstrom, who is in the bit of a poor season. But with that being said, Blackhawks Connor Murphy empty netter. Boris Kachuk, first career two-point night. And Chicago Blackhawks win this game 5-1 to one over the Calgary Flames for their second win over the Flames this season. Okay, question. Do we know if, uh, what's his name? Is it Daryl Sutter, the coach? Yes. Do we know if Daryl Sutter like, 
Do we know if like Daryl Sutter like took the Flames outside and like beat them all up at the same time for how bad they looked this game? Mm. I'm, I think it's a possibility. I mean, he gave Jacob Peltier more than five minutes of ice time. He did. He gave him 15 minutes, which like... Is that not I a trend that's been happening had, right now, Tyler? Didn't uh, Sutter basically forget uh, Peltier existed? Forget his existence? Before? He played, him, he played him only, like, he played him fourth line in his first two games, but recently he's played more, um, playing 15 than uh, 14 minutes. Um, so it looks like they might be uh, using him more. But um, the one thing I noticed in this game is that there are, you know, for a team in the Flames who have, like, playoff aspirations and going far, they have a lot of just really random players. They do. A lot of and guys they... who are playing on the ice who, like, you really wouldn't expect to be much. Like, playing guys like Walker Dewar um, and uh, Connor Mackey. And then, you know, we had Luke Philp out there. There's just a lot of random guys on the ice for this game. Oh, the... and I don't think we mentioned, but Stauber played really, really well. He yeah, did. I don't know if he, he got the first star of the night that game. Stauber um, had a fantastic I think... game. I think it was the f- this is the first time a rookie goalie for us has won two straight games in his first two starts since like 2017 or something like that. It's that was pretty cool. I think the tweet said so. I think the tweet that the Blackhawks put out. It's probably like, since Scott Darling in 2015. It was. Uh, it was a long oh, time ago since it happened. It might even me. have been beyond Darling. Uh, Stauber's been fantastic. He's been he's been a bit of he's been a bit of a hot streak right now. Which you know what. Goaltending is an up and down position. It's a hot, it's a streaky position. And now he's heading back to Rockford. Maybe get some wins for, for the bit, Hogs. For a bit, depending on Staylock's health. Um, hopefully he'll get some games for the Ice Hogs. Hopefully he'll play some good games for the Ice Hogs. And we will see what happens on that front. Um, The, uh, okay, let's just get into the Connor McDavid show. Ice Hogs next game is on Tuesday. I would be surprised if that game wasn't a Stauber start. Yeah, I would be too. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. let's get into the Even Connor McDavid show. Play well. uh, <laughs> Connor McDavid. Um, so this game is just uh, you know the Hawks Oilers is... are the Oilers are simply amazing, and I don't really know what else there is to say. I do kind of just want to start this by just talking about how fantastic Connor McDavid is. Oh, it's, Con- it's Connor McDavid's world. Watching Connor McDavid okay, the entire um, time. So, we are currently on January 29th, 2023. Connor McDavid was drafted in 2015, which means this is the eighth season of his career. That's in so that weird. Time, he has had a season cut short, his rookie season cut in half due to breaking his collarbone. Thanks, Brandon Manning. Um, <laughs> we have, man uh, we have another collar. season, which was cut short with 10 games left due to COVID. And then we have another season, which was shortened to a 56-game season due to COVID. So he's had three separate shortened seasons in his time in the NHL. And despite that, he's only 11 points away from 800 career points. 
That's ridiculous. How's he, he played eight seasons? It feels like he was drafted like yesterday. He is amazing. He is unbelievable. He is only 26 years old. He has played 537 career games with 789 points. He has 92 points this season in 50 games. He is on pace for around 150 plus points. That's he is absolutely amazing. Shocking. He is the greatest hockey player this sport has ever seen. And he oh, is the wow. only reason. Okay. He is the only reason why. I don't know how to put this. He's the only reason why I can't uh, overreach on my Kale McCarr hype and say he's the best in the league. That's that's a, quite a claim, Tyler. He's, yeah, he's just too good. That Connor McDavid's the best player ever. When he, he's going to win a cup, he's going to do it. Wayne Gretzky oh said it himself. Wayne Gretzky said it himself. You're going to win a Stanley Cup. You're too good not to. Hopefully. That's a direct quote from Look Wayne how Gretzky. long it took uh, Ovechkin to win a cup. It's going to take – it could take McDavid as long as Ovechkin to it win a cup. It could take McDavid as long. I think one of the things that I that, – that's, of course, interesting with um, – of course, it took him a while. It didn't take Crosby nearly as long. Um. I mean, Crosby was in, what, his fourth season when he won his first cup? They won the cup in 09, and he came season. into the league in 05? Yeah, it was drafted in 05, so 06, 07, 08, 09, fourth season. Kane won the cup in his third, third. season. Um, Ovechkin, it took a much, a, a lot longer after that. He was It was 13 years after his after he was drafted when he finally won that cup. Actually... 14 years after he was drafted, his 13th season. But that's enough talking about Connor McDavid, the, the greatest we've ever seen. Um, uh, let's just get into this game in totality. Uh, it didn't start off horribly. It did not, actually. a better we, team out of the gates. No. In fact, the Oilers' defense was very suspect at multiple points in this game. And we defended yeah. them pretty well in the first period. Like... Like, we did a solid job shutting down their top scorers. Yeah. And making sure they didn't get scoring chances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then it fell to crap. Yeah, then it fell. And you can tell that because the first two goals the Oilers scored, da-da-da-da, the power play. (laughs) We're taking Um, too many penalties. Yeah. um, in In the time between those two goals, um... Jason Dickinson did score another goal. Uh, Jason Dickinson, elite 1C Jason Dickinson. Um, but Tyson Berry ends up getting the first goal. Um, Tyson Berry ends up getting the first goal, uh, again, on the power play. Um, and, you know, Mrazek was playing in this game. Um, you can say Mrazek didn't do too well, but I also think, like, you know, it's the Oilers. It doesn't help yeah. that every Blackhawk on the ice just had their eyes on Connor McDavid, leaving to open opportunities for anyone else to have the puck. Yeah. Um, and this was one of those games where, like, you look up and it's like, oh, there's another three goals? Where'd that come from? Yeah. I think that said on the broadcast, this is, like, their fifth time with seven or more goals in a game for the Oilers. 
Oh, that's this insane. team is playing 80s hockey every night. They're so enjoyable. They're so much fun to watch. I still think it's funny that the starting goalie for the uh, Oilers still did not make the All-Star team. It was his own backup making the All-Star team. It was his team. own backup. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, hang on. Give me a second here. Um, no, no, no. Certainly not. Uh, but... Um, the uh, the Oilers were fantastic in this game. Uh, Drysaddle had three points. Uh, Jarno Nurse had three points. Zach Hyman had three points. Connor McDavid had three points. I mean, what else is there really to say? Four different guys had three points in the night, and the Blackhawks scored three total goals. Mm-hmm. Um, Sharpie loves the way for some reason. Yeah, that's not a uh, good sign. But Vosters doesn't like the, the but Vosters doesn't like the wave. So no. oh, Vosters likes the wave. It's Troy Murray who would say he does not. I thought Vosters was saying he didn't like the wave. I mean, there was a tweet from Ben Pope last night. Um, I hate the wave. I thought, I thought I Vosters think, was saying he doesn't the wave, like the net wave. I, I think that the wave makes a lot more sense like a baseball game than a hockey game. Just to note. The wave does not belong in the Wrigley Field and does not belong in United Center. It doesn't belong no. anywhere. That, two words to note. You never do the wave at Wrigley and you never do the wave at uh, United. It doesn't yeah. belong anywhere, though. Yeah. Um, uh, a tweet from Ben Pope last night. Uh, <laughs> Oilers fans are doing the wave. And um, not very happy about that either. Um, I'll be honest. I expected more from Canadian hockey fans. I didn't think that Canadian hockey fans would stoop as low as to do a wave. Yeah. We did see the iconic Canadian hockey fan throwing a jersey out onto the ice this week, though. We did see that. We did see that. <laughs> that, given, that, that is a Canadian thing. That their team presided, or proceeded to then dominate the entire night. Which, of course, is funny that that's how that worked. Um, but, I mean, what else is there really to say? Um, Tyson Berry scored two goals in this game, which is crazy because, again, he's a defenseman. Um the Oilers were not a five good t- one at one point, and I don't think I really paid much attention after that. Uh, not that a good turnover by Kershaw. That was, that was at the end of the uh, the second at the end of the second period. The score was five to one. It just it got bad and ugly quickly. Kershaw did not or uh, committed a terrible turnover. Yeah, there was, and, there which was leads to a goal. Yeah, there was not a bunch, not a, a some good plays. Uh Somehow, miraculously, we actually had two players who had multi-point uh, nights on the night. Uh, Patrick Kane had two assists, and then Radish had a goal and an assist. And uh, worth noting with Radish, he's got 14 goals in the season, which, good for him. The uh, Blackhawks actually have three guys on the team with 14 goals. Max Domi, Taylor Radish, and Jonathan Taze all have 14 goals heading into the All-Star break. Not bad, but we don't have a single player close to 20 goals yet. Yeah, no, we don't, but we'll definitely have a 20-goal score by the end of the season. It will be I, think the, best, I think the best thing we did all night was the whole laugh and Kulak fight. 
Oh, the Lafferty Kulak fight was fantastic. It was a that good was, fight, that but that's one. what sparked the Oilers because right after that fight, you saw uh, three quick Oiler goals. Oh yeah, which of course is not what you want to do when because again, it was a good fight. I would say that you edge towards Lafferty in terms of who won the fight, but it was a pretty even fair fight. Um, and yet somehow you win the fight and then they get the momentum and they just dominate. Yeah. Which of course is frustrating. Um, I do want to point out because, um, let's head into the very end of this game. Um, put salt to the wound. Berlin wall. I mean, look, I have absolutely no issue with the existence of this moment because, I mean, we are a fan base that colloquially adores Scott Foster. Yes. Yep. I mean, so, I own a Foster jersey. I mean, <laughs> we started an entire episode one time just saying the uh, the Blackhawks should give a contract to Scott Foster. Yeah, it's true. And then there was a time where Scott Foster was on the ice for warm-ups, and everyone was just like, yes, thank you, please. <laughs> also, I think there was a note um, with someone, it was either Ben Pope or Charlie Meliotis, one of them said something about how he thinks that Scott Foster looks like Peter Morazic. He and does! I he does! Crazy. Oh my god, I see it. Oh my god. <laughs> it's something you can't not see anymore, if you yeah. notice No, it. no, you can never, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can. Also, I I'll just throw this other one out there. Um, uh, so, um, former Chicago Fire goalie Gabriel Salina. I think he looks like Connor Bedard. I've never seen him, so I have. No okay, idea. Um, you look it up later. There was a moment during uh, USA uh, USA played on Wednesday. There was a moment during that game where I just looked at him like he looks like Connor Bedard. <laughs> yeah, but um, and along with that. Uh, the Berlin Wall was a cool moment. He actually got to face a shot, which is nice. It looked like the like maybe I shouldn't say that because that diminishes it, the awesomeness of this moment. So I won't mention it. What do you mean? What, so it looked. I don't totally remember to save, but in the moment, it looked like the shot was going wide. So he just like flung his blocker out there to to make sure that he got a shot to which, face like, or he saved a shot. You know. I didn't have a problem with that. I was just, I you just thought it was like kind of funny. Sure that, you do want to make sure that it doesn't go in. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I guess. I was just, I just thought it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was equally as cool that uh, he donned his, his uh, what, University of Alberta gear that was like green, like, that a, is like cool. a military green. Mm-hmm. That That is cool. And of course, it is also like, I mean, the guy is a WHL veteran. Like he is definitely a goalie with experience. Was he necessarily great when he was in the WHL? No, but he is a very talent. He he is a quality enough goalie to have played games for a WHL team, and he had a very good season a couple years ago in the AJHL. He's a good yeah. junior. He's a he's a he's a above junior a caliber goalie he's definitely someone who you could say isn't ridiculously out of place on uh professional ice even if like he's more so like 
I don't know, like an ECHL kind of, kind of guy. But at the same time, we played Dylan Wells this season. Yeah. Dylan Wells is goaded. And Dylan Wells is playing is, – is, is, I yeah. Uh, but with that, let's get into some Ice Hogs. Uh, oh, God, notes. here we go. Uh, Ice Hogs right. notes. Uh, now that we are heading into uh, the end of our Blackhawks section, actually before that, um, John, player of the week for the Chicago – Oh, I didn't prefer for this. Uh, I'll give it to, I'll give it to Stauber. He, yeah. he got his first two wins in his first two career starts. I'll give it to him. All uh, right, he was really good in that Calgary game. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Nick. I'll give it to uh, the new chemistry of Patrick Kane and Jason Dickinson. They get both the stars. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. Um. I didn't have a ton to do this week, but um, Taylor Radish did have two goals, so I'll go with him. Taylor Radish had two goals and an assist for three points. Uh, not a ton of uh, really uh, high-level point producers this week, um, so I'll just go with uh, him, uh, Taylor Radish, in terms of that. Um, Tank Commander of the Week, uh, John, what do you got? I'll give it to Domi. I didn't like it. I didn't like his game against the Canucks. All right. Um, it's probably okay. a better answer, but I don't have time to prepare. Since he sparked the momentum of the Oilers, I'm giving it to Lafferty. <laughs> All right. And then for me, I'm going to go with whoever tripped Tyler Johnson. <laughs> I don't remember who it was, but whoever tripped Tyler Johnson, you. Yeah. Oh, Scott Foster, Peter Morazic. No, they really do look alike. Um, but yeah, now. I like how Nick does that in the middle of the stream. <laughs> <laughs> I, was worked, I had the graphic already. All right. Um, now, Ice Hogs. Oh, here we go. Please, Ward, Ward, Jesus, take the wheel. Okay. Um. All right, Not I'm a lot to talk about, but right, they suck. Let's start, let's start by let's start with this, okay? Since the last time we discussed, or since the last time we talked, the Ice Hogs played three games, okay? Correct. In that time, they picked up two points. Yes. Okay. All right. It didn't involve wins, though. No, it, did it didn't not. involve wins at all. All right. Do you want me to start getting into these? Uh. Sure. Let's have... start with let let's start with the game against the Iowa Wild. Um it is also worth mentioning all these games were road games, so there is that element as well. First all game right. against the Iowa Wild, objectively, Soderblom played well. Yeah, he did play well. Uh you gotta feel bad for him though, at the same time, because uh after a bad start on Friday, which was uh, what day was that? Would have would have been the game on the, oh, the Thunderbirds. Yeah, Thunderbirds twentieth. Yeah, the twentieth. Yeah. Uh, he gave up seven goals. He bounced back with a with a uh, solid game, twenty eight for thirty. But he still lost in the end. Yeah, and that one has more to do with the uh, the defense than anything. Um, in that game. and the and the offense. 
Or no, no, the offense, I meant to say. I meant to say the offense. Um, yeah, the that offense one has more to do with the offense. Good. The offense couldn't really score um, any goals. Um, the only guy who ended up scoring at all in this game was Cole Gutman, who uh, is still playing. It was a really, actually a really good well. goal. He's still playing well, but the scoring has definitely dropped from him because there was a point in the season where he was near a point a game, and now he's only got 25 and 34, which I guess you- is – relatively comparable to the drop in production from everyone else. Did you see that goal, Tyler? That was actually like a really good goal. Um, I did not see the goal. Okay, it was really, really good. Um, so he uh, he turns uh, O'York inside out and then goes back. He does a oh, – that does not sound right. He, does, he goes backhand, forehand, and then uh, he buries it. Nice. Okay. Um, for the first time – so this is a this is our best moment of the game. For the first time since January third, the Hogs did not allow the opposing team to score in the first period. Really, the first but they time still gave since... they still gave up the first goal. So first time since too. January third. Yes, we did not allow the opposing team to score in the first period. Yeah, that um, that's not very good. Um, because you can tell that you know the team. They're just there's something off right now. Um, Lucas Reichel's been off since he's gone back. Uh, well, t- I'll t- I have some thoughts on that actually. Okay, um, I but, even said something about it when they did yeah, send him down, yeah, and I yeah, think that it's one happening. Feels like feels like there's um there's something there's something else there, but um, in the end, Rossi scores the first goal for the yep. Wild uh, late into the second. I don't think Soderblom saw, saw that shot. I kept. I watched the re. I watched the goal like five different times, at every angle the 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 ice hogs gave me on their YouTube channel, and it did not look like he saw it. He reacted in. He reacted either way, but I don't think he saw it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he saw where exactly where it was going. Yeah. Um. So that yeah, happened. So-, so Rossi's good. That's a good yeah, goal. We good. talked about the Cole Gutman goal. The game winning goal was by uh, Nick Patan. Um, so do right, I, I, I'll tell you right now, I didn't know Nick Patan was with the wild. Well, he is now, you know, yeah, the more I you didn't know. know he was with the wild at the moment. Um, um, Soderboom probably wants that shot because there was no screen in front. Mm-hmm. Like he probably yeah. wants to make that save, but, um, he may, he, he was 20 for 30. There's not much more you can ask from him. You gotta, totally you gotta, fine. you gotta, you gotta expect more out of the offense. Mm. Actually, 30, 32 for 34. Hmm. Okay. I thought 32, was... for, 32 for 34 in that game. I don't know why I have 28 for 30. All right. My bad. Um, another game where the Ice Hawks don't score a power play goal, they were 0 for 3. Silver lining is that the Iowa Wild also didn't score a power play goal. They were, they were also 0 for 3. Yeah. Now, power play goals, that did change in the next game. But it yes. didn't. It didn't only change for us in it terms of scoring power play goals. It also changed in terms of allowing power play goals. So the next game was against the Milwaukee Admirals on Friday night, and um, right. goodness gracious! All right, so I have some like there's some lineup things I don't have I don't love here. Okay. So for example, uh, Reichel gets the start at first line center. I hate the idea of it. Um, I don't, I don't no, I tried to go back. I tried to go back, and I looked at all 40 games. 
I've looked at all 40 games box scores. Yes, I took the time to do that. It took me like 15 minutes. It was not fun. But um, so I, w- I wanted to see how many games Reichel started at center. But the age or the AHL website does not give me that information because it always has Reichel listed at left wing because he's yeah, considered see, a left wing. Right now he's listed as left wing no matter what. So it was really it was really frustrating when I realized that was not the case that they would change depending on where you're starting. Um, so I'm going to break this down like I did the Springfield game. Goal five was on Solderboom. Goal two was not on Soderbloom. Goals one, three, and four were on were equally both on Soderbloom and the defense. So then at the start of the third, Weeks came in because Soderbloom allowed mm-hmm. five goals on 15 shots. That's horrible. That's bad. My but I could goodness. only pin one goal on him. The Blackhawks broke too many. part of it. I, I hope, sorry. I hope no, I, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to see where he goes going forward. Um, but I think that it's maybe too early to say that it's over for Soderblom, but I think that it's certainly not a good trend. I'm just saying this. The Blackhawks broke him this year, and it's on the Hawks and how they basically handled the goalie situation this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So now we have the breakdown for weeks. Goals six and seven were on weeks, and then goal eight was on weeks and the defense. Yeah, um, so he comes in. He comes in for one period and then gives up three goals that on you ten could shots. Say for all of three three goals on ten shots, and you could say for all of them that he has at least some of the responsibility for that. That's not very good. Yes, uh, Soderboom, you could pin at least some of the blame for what four? Yeah, four goals. Mm-hmm. Um, Sherwood had a hat trick. That's not a fantastic for us, but it's a no. note. Um, Sini had a great shot to get us on the board. He was on the, or he was at the left circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gust with a great pass to set up that goal. So that was good. Yeah. And that was on the power play. That was when we did score the power play. However, the first two goals, because that game made it a 2 1 game in favor of the Admirals at the time. The first two goals that the uh, the Admirals had scored were on their first two power plays. And then, only if Wall was here because we get some Galvis uh, masterclass. He forces a turnover at the blue line. He kind of just like threw the puck into the middle of the ice, and it somehow found Gus, and Gus turns turns it into a breakaway. Mm. Um, Gus like Sini. Yeah, he had a good game. Gus, like Sini, had with a laser of a shot. Nothing Askarov could do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but even with that, at the end of the second period, the score was five to two in favor of the Admirals. Um, Clendenning with a shot at the left circle. Somehow, the, the puck was like a bouncy ball. It bounced com- like all the way to the right circle to Sakura, and then he buries it. Um, and then Slavin uh, does his best uh, Patrick Kane inter- uh, uh, impersonation. He scores a goal while falling. <laughs> um, yeah. the, the Hogs PK was not good, allowing three power play goals. On three power play opportunities. They went over yes. three on the penalty kill. That's... And, th- 
the good. Hogs peep power play does manage to do something two for three, but it was in a losing effort. Yeah, it wasn't a, a very good game um, in terms of that. Something to note here that's actually kind of important. I don't know why, but Alex Vlasic was ejected for a, a unsportsmanlike conduct. I tried to find the video, but I cannot find the video. Yeah, he was ejected. Jeez. I don't know why I tried to find the video. It's not on the the Hogs YouTube channel, or the clip is not on the Hogs YouTube channel. It's not even on Twitter. So I have no idea what happened. See, he's listed with an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, but it's only listed as a two-minute. Oh. So. I thought thought, all... Unsportsmanlikes were uh, ejected. I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe he was ejected. Maybe he was ejected. Maybe, maybe that, maybe that was. The I hit. would know if he was ejected if I was given time on ice stats, but I'm, I was not <laughs> given those. Uh, who is though? Um. So yeah, that game didn't go all too well. Uh, um. But the next night, I want to like just point something out that's kind of weird. Somehow, okay. the third line was a plus two. How the third line? The third line was a plus two. Buzz Decker was a, was was recorded with a with a with an even, and then who was the other guy on that line? Is Someone else Slavin? was recorded as an even, but Slavin was reported as a plus two. Hmm. Interesting. Then Gus got a plus one in this game as well. <laughs> All right, the so Wolves game yeah, wasn't a very good game though. For them. Um, let's address the elephant in the room. The Hogs have not been playing well, and this is a their seventh straight loss. Mm-hmm. According to John Fromme on Twitter, who I've mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, this is the longest losing streak in nine seasons. Goodness gracious. And that team two years ago existed. Yeah, it was not that team like two years ago was not good. They were terrible. They were they were horrible. This is bad. Like 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 it's like I know it's the AHL, but this is consider a coaching change bad. Sort yeah. of isn't doing his job, okay. right? So last game the Hogs fall all the way down from third place in our division to the fifth. This game we get a point, so we we leapfrog the moose by one point and are now in fourth place. So that's a silver lining. The, we play the moose on Tuesday, so now we can let's be, win. Let's be fair here. The goalie in net for the Wolves that night was Pyotr Kachetkov, who genuinely shouldn't be in the AHL. Is he like? Is he like really, really good? He's really good. The only reason is because. Uh, and he's played well in the NHL this year. The only thing is just waiver rules. Yeah. But he's played really well in the NHL this year. He's very Oh, talented. yeah, I know this guy. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't notice that before. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, he's been playing for them. So, oh, I mean, his save percentage okay. wasn't particularly fantastic, but he's a very good goalie. For yeah, he's good. Team. I don't know how I didn't notice that before. He, considering everything... Yeah, you'd want the Ice Hogs to score more than they have. You'd want them to get more shots than they have, more importantly than that. Yeah, they only had, uh, let me get the shot totals. 19. Yeah, they only had 19, and mm-hmm. the 19 shots weren't that good. 
Um, we had some chances in the front of the net based on the the shot charts that the AHL website provides us, but um, we only had what one, two, three, four, five. We only had five shots in the slot front of the net area. The wolves That's had enough. had quite. They had like at least ten. Yeah. Um, Arvid with another good bounce back game after a bad performance against the Admirals. Mm-hmm. Much better. Much better. I mean, um, yeah, he's he's played in uh, three games this week, and two of them were objectively not disasters. No. Um, you guys won't like this next note, but Reichel gets his second start at center. I think he was starting second line. I, I um, don't. I, I don't understand on his why. Wing. I don't quite understand why the Ice Hogs have gone so far away from what was working. I want to know how many starts he has at center because that would help me out a lot. But I don't have that information. My, um, he, he's just not on his a line. Center. I remember liking his line. Yeah, it was it was Cini on the left side. It was Reichel in the middle and Tepley at at right wing. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first time in ten games, the IceHawks take the lead with their first goal. That's sad. They scored the first goal of the game for the first time in ten games. It was on January third, the last time we scored the first goal. It was against the Texas That's- Stars. That's Blackhawks. That's that's that yeah. was that was, and it was a win yeah. in OT. Um, so that was like the end. That was like the last game before the Blackhawks started winning and yeah. scoring first. And then the Ice Hogs started losing a ton, and the Blackhawks started winning some games. Like we said before, the hockey gods are not faithful. Are not uh, cool. They're not cool. No. Not at all. Um, so the Hogs are once again over three on the power play. Somehow, though, we have a we have a we are in the top half of the league in power play percentage. I think we're like ranked like fifteen or fourteen, something like that. I mean, we do have really ta- we we do have a quality roster. They're just not playing like it as of late. Well, I'm, I know, but like it seems like for a while now we've been going over three on the power play, one for four, whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hawks PK was good, five for six, but you should not be taking six penalties in a game. Yeah, here's a question, guys. If the Ice Hogs did need a coaching change, there's a good coach out available if he wanted to go out for a Calder Cup. <laughs> hey, Bruce Boudreau. Oh. <laughs> I'm, just, um, I'm trying poach, to have. A, we can poach a different Vancouver coach with AHL, uh, with, with a different uh, Vancouver coach who has plenty of AHL um, success. So, yes. along with the penalty Screw thing, around. Gutman with four different penalties this game alone, and he was he took two in the first period. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hogs had three penalties total in the first period all within five minutes of each other. So that's not setting yourself up for uh, success right there. Um, like I said earlier, the PK was, the PK was good for us. Uh, five for six. Um, 
the Hogs pull a black a Blackhawks and they get severely outshot in the first twelve to four, but we get a goal, so we're leading one nothing. Mm. Um, the defensive coverage on the the one and only power play goal was not that good. Uh, Seely, I think that's how he says his name. Yeah, finds a soft, yeah, finds a soft spot in the in the defensive uh, coverage and. One times a goal in in the slot area. Mm-hmm. Arvid had no chance. Um, I forgot to mention Bobby Lynch scored that goal, the first goal. So yeah, that's his third lot goal. Of, of year, go- I think. Go- the goals, the goals that I saw him scored this game were not from the guys you typically expected. Bobby Lynch no. and then Carson Jusevitz. Uh, to go along with Carson. Uh, so watching, I watched the video of his goal and he came out of like nowhere and one time the puck into the net, like he was like a speed demon. So that was fun to see. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. I think he's 24 on the wolves. Yeah. Um, Logan Lambden. Yeah. Logan Lambden scored Mm -hmm. on a breakaway. Um, who was the guy that passed it to? I don't even know how to pronounce his name either. Oh, um, Max Lajoie. Yeah, Max Lajoie, uh gives him a great pass to spring him on that breakaway. Yeah. And then um, Lajoie again. Yeah, Lajoie scores the game-winning goal. Uh, Reese, I think that's how you say his name, makes a blind pass in the Ozone. And then uh, he, he doesn't get the best shot in the world. Was while was on a breakaway. Mm. He doesn't get the best shot in the world, but uh, it somehow sneaks past Soderblom, mm. and you would like to have that back. Yeah. Um I'm kind of surprised looking at like the names on the Chicago Wolves roster at how bad their team really is, because yeah, they, they lost they're a lot of people. Hurricanes West. farm team, and I love what the Hurricanes have done with their draft picks over the last years. They must be all in, like, Europe, right? Or in the CHL. Well, I mean, I see a lot of the guys who are, like, some of their, like, more well-known uh, draft picks who are on this team, and yet they're still not playing very well. Um, The short charts, again, show the same story that the last couple games have shown. We get outchanced in the high-danger areas. You have high-danger chance. You have, you have no, like, chance. no, I do not have the, those numbers, but, like, High danger chances are usually in that slot mm. area. Yeah. So we get outchanced over there again, as usual. Uh, forgot to mention, Gust rings a shot off the pipe in OT. Ah. So that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, the yeah. following analysis so- is provided by Center Ice Pod. You can find her at, on Twitter at VF Center Ice Pod. That's all one word. Yes, Courtney's great. Yep, her channel, her um, channel is great. Yep, thank you. So Gust and Sini looked good in this game. Um, Clint Denning did not have a good game. That's a reoccurring theme. Um, Galvis had an up and down game. Um, something to note, or kind of to note, Hardman had a more noticeable game than the last few games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think he was playing third line minutes. 
Um, the fourth line of Howard, Gusevich, and Lynch was good all night. Actually, okay. the the only goals came from the fourth line. And then Vlasic was not using his body in uh, as physically as he usually does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe something to do with the ejections in the previous game. Maybe. <laughs> but Maybe. with that, um, so the Ice Hogs end the week with three losses, which is annoying. It's um, really annoying. You do really. This is the team that we had. We were looking at, and we're like, these are the guys who are going to be fine, and they're the ones who were supposed to be doing well, and now they're not. They and have, what really sucks is that uh. The schedule doesn't really get any easier mm-hmm. yeah. uh, before the All-Star break, which is on the 5th. Yeah. Uh, it goes from the 5th to the 7th. We play uh, on Tuesday, which they are one point behind us at on at 5th place. We play the – we go to a back-to-back against the Iowa Wild on Friday and Saturday on the 3rd and the 4th. And they are in third place. Another back-to-back. That one's after the All-Star break, though, with the Admirals. Thanks for coming by, Matthew. Yeah. All right. And with that, we are going to actually head into our mailbag section. So um, let's start with Brian's question. Yeah. Start up here. All right. So we alluded to Lucas Reichel earlier in the show, but I'll get more into detail right now. Um, So I don't want to say he's not. Like, what's the word I want to use? I don't want to say he's not trying, but he's he definitely looks checked out, and that can be seen in his point totals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's not looked the same since being sent down after the, what was it, three-game stint with the Hawks? After three, yeah, three games. With he the had Hawks. a great three-game stint with the Hawks. I would have kept him up longer. I even said this. The Hawks are going to screw up in by sending him down. He's going to have a performance level much lower now that he's getting sent down after a hell of a performance in Chicago. Um, yeah, and now that we, do, have, like, we have the official numbers. Um, since Lucas Reichel got sent down, he has three assists and no goals in seven games. Yeah. That's not what Lucas Reichel was. That's not Lucas Reichel. That, to me, I think that, um, what I'll say first off is, I didn't think that, I mean, I can understand why he would be angry. I did personally not expect that to be the case from him, but clearly that's not the case, and I don't blame him for getting for for being frustrated. Um, you know when the team isn't putting isn't giving you the opportunity that you very much so feel like you deserve to have. Let's be honest, Reichel on the Blackhawks. If he was on the roster today, he will be the second best player on the roster. Second best player. Yes. I right would behind say, Patrick I would, Kane. I would say second best player. I would say you have Patrick Kane. I still would say Taze. I would say Domi. I would say Seth Jones. I'd say Connor Murphy. And I'd say Jake McCabe. 
at least those six, I can say, are genuinely better right now than Lucas Reichel. My thing is, the way they sent him down after having a stellar performance, that's on Kyle Davidson and asset management. Again, I've said this already. Davidson's asset management has not been good. And the way he sent Reichel down, and now that Reichel is playing the way he is in Rockford, it's honestly stunting Reichel from actually wanting to be able getting that next call up. I, I will say this though about Reichel. Like again, I don't want to say he's not trying because obviously he's trying because he's our best pros he's probably our best prospect right now. Um but he's definitely checked out and you don't want to see like oh this this checked you don't want to see a player being checked out in the AHL when you're the you're, when he's your best prospect. I get He's disappointed not being up right now after a very good three games. But you want to show them that you're worthy of being another, of having another call up. You, like, yeah. I don't think that's unreasonable to say that. Yeah. Matthew I think that this comment feels, it kind of makes everything uh, the case. I personally, when I saw that they sent him back down, I felt like. I, I think the problem that happened is that it's just blown up in in our faces way more than we expected, primarily because the Blackhawks have been playing semi-quality hockey, and the Ice Hogs have been playing nothing close to quality hockey. So I think what they thought was, well, the Ice Hogs are good and the Blackhawks are bad, so let's have Reichel in with the with the Ice Hogs because that'll be a better place for him. I don't think what they anticipated was this collapse from the yep. Ice Hogs in quite the way that it it happened. I, I can't imagine that anyone really anticipated this to be the case. I I mean, look, when, when Lucas Reichel was sent back down, sure, I didn't think that I, I thought that, yeah, he deserved more time, but I also did think that Rockford was the best place for him. I certainly didn't think that Rockford was going to play no, as bad no, as they have the last week. And I know neither of you did either. Mm-hmm. No. no. I, I, I didn't even want Reichel sent down. I thought he should have stayed up. Because, because looking past the bias that I have for the Ice Hogs and me working for them, I wanted to see Reichel up because I, he played well. And that was I thought that was the best place for him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe Kyle Davidson throws like a lifeline and calls him up to see if that sparks him. I don't know. Yeah, I think that maybe. And again, it's different than what I said at the time. But you know, we're all learning in this process. We're all we're all analyzing it as it happens. It's a difficult process, hard thing to deal with. Um, maybe what should have been done is that they should have waited for him to actually struggle before they brought him back down. Mm -hmm. Because, I I mean, there's this whole argument about, uh, like, opportunity with the Blackhawks. Are you kidding me? He's easily our second-best winger. I agree. Yeah, He's easily our second-best winger. He's not – I mean, you have Kane over him, and then there's a contest between him and Kurashev. Can't even argue Tyler Johnson because he's just injured too much. I'm yeah. sure I like I like Radish, but with Tyler Johnson hurt, 
as much as he is, there's no reason for Lucas Reichel to be in the AHL right now. There's no reason for Athanasiu to be on the sec on the on the top line or the second line. Taze missed a game. Tyler Johnson's injured again. Yep. We don't need to base Lucas Reichel's NHL availability off whether or not Patrick Kane's in the lineup or not. It can be way more than that. It just it just seems like everything that's gone or everything that uh, that can go wrong for the SOGs has gone wrong for the SOGs. And it's yeah. not like you got Soderbloom. You got the Soderbloom debacle that we've already extensively covered. We got the Reichel debacle, which we're covering right now. It's just not good. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into a fun topic now. Yeah. This is from Nimmer. And he talked about how, what do you guys think about the all-star jerseys for this year? It reminds him of the 2019 jerseys. All right, I need to take a look at these. Um, Obviously, I'm uh, not the I jersey don't, guy. I don't oh. personally love them. Oh, those are. I do not. I do. I don't like them. I mean, it like maybe like, it's too. They're Miami Vice. Different. Yeah, that's that's what I. Yeah, they look like yeah. Miami Vice jerseys, which I like the idea of Miami Vice. I do. I do like the idea as well. well. I like I they did. I don't like the striping though on the, like how it looks like a, like a star on the well, chest. The, I don't love that. The main reason why they did it, it's a reverse retro jersey. It's based off of the nine nineteen ninety four to ninety six All Star Game jerseys, mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, I think it's a cool idea. Maybe I don't I hate them. Coming. I just don't love Maybe them. Maybe I don't. It's not the best. I think, I think that for a... Um, In my opinion, this is the best All-Star Game jersey of all time. Well, for I'm an worried. All-Star Game, which is, you know, a one-time vanity thing, um, it's not It's not bad. Um, I also do want to point out that the Blackhawks are selling $250 Seth Jones All-Star Game jerseys. <laughs> that's actually... I would mention, that's cheaper than most... Other retailers, the um, NHL shop, three hundred bucks. Cool hockey, three hundred twenty bucks. Okay, but it's Seth Jones. No, that's <laughs> for <laughs> if you were to get Seth Jones on any of those two websites, that's how much you're spending. Yeah, well, um, been, uh, thanks, it, thanks it for the jersey information. Uh, this is why I stick. This is why I stick to uh, one jersey at a time. And even though Hagel was traded over almost a year ago, I'm still not getting a new one. I'm still sticking with that. I will just say maybe I have How one coming. Maybe get I don't. Reichel. Get a Reichel. <laughs> What'd you say? I said maybe I have a all-star jersey coming. Maybe I don't. <laughs> Nick, you're going to go well, broke we'll with all these jerseys. <laughs> I'm not saying I got one. But you, you, you alluded to that you you're do have one. You're pretty much implying that you did. No. Um, and then um, let's have. Don't have a ton of other questions. You've already discussed the Patrick Kane thing. How would you redesign the reverse retro 2.0 for the Hawks? Basically, mm. Mm. so the revert the 2.0 reverse retro. As Nick goes to show it at the moment, I don't have the 2.0 with me. Yeah, is that, that the one that's going to say get uh, taken care of? So that was that was the reverse retro 1.0, wasn't that? No, this was what the reverse retro 2.0 was technically supposed to be based off of. Oh, that's what it's supposed to be based off of. This is I, mean, the I, like, I, I like that jersey a lot more. <laughs> what I would have done made this part red, 
black shoulders and just inverted the striping with the black instead mm-hmm. of the red. Right. I think that I think that a, a classic logo as opposed to just the word Chicago across the front would have been better as well. Yep. That's the whole point um, of Lewis Retro as well. I do like jerseys. I'm trying to think of what I would like because I don't love the barbable jersey as as they're called. How dare you? I don't I don't hate them either though. That might be seen as sacrilegious, but I don't hate them, but I don't love them either. No. Um I would have done something like I love the 2009 Winter Classic jersey. Maybe do something based off that. I would have done a cream version of the 2009 jersey. Yeah, I would have done a cream version of the 09 Winter Classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's about the only thing I can think of. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of um, that I would do differently. That That's everything that we have for questions right now. Um, and yeah, Matthew, completely agree on the whole thing. Uh, you yep. have to do right by your players. You have to do right by your prospects. Um, you don't want him in a tanking situation, but the team Matthew's only way speaking facts. The team has played way better recently, way better than a tanking team. Maybe yep. what we see, and this is a thought, maybe what we see is with Lucas Reichel, because again, things are changing constantly. Maybe after the all-star breaks, he his head resets and he performs better in the AHL. Maybe hopefully one can only hope being a winger full time. Maybe Philp being back down there full time. Mm-hmm. All the all the ice hogs who should be there being there will help with Cini, Gust, Philp, Reichel, and Gust. Did we mention they got sent down? Did we mention that they got sent down to just like thirty minutes ago? Yeah, we yeah. mentioned it at okay. the back. Okay, and maybe with Philp being back, we'll we'll see what happens. Stauber being back, hopefully. Orders. Back. Because Philp usually gets to start at center. Hopefully that means Reichel will go back to the wing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. should, that and should already be the case time, anyways. Missing, and again, and all that time, they were also missing Isaac Phillips, which I think was another element in terms of why the team was struggling so much at the AHL. Well, we had we had Isaac Phillips' this last little bit. And the team played better in those games. Yeah. Admiral's game wasn't great, but Phillips – was back. No, but no one was no one was great that game. He wasn't perform. He he hasn't scored though yet. Back in Rockford though. Mm-hmm. But, but he's, um, he's is it like what's the stat that Wally showed us that he's one of the best in? in yeah, the he is, um, it's uh it's one of those uh it's one of those um game score metrics. Okay. For uh, it's like it it's him and David Jerichek or. Yeah, no, yeah, him and David Yurchuk, two of the top uh, young defensemen in the entire AHL uh, this year. Um, I don't believe that there's anything else. Um, thank you so much to anyone who joined in for this live episode of the Hockey Puckcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hockey Puckcast as well. Be sure to follow Nick and John, myself, and Wally as well. There, be sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel and check us out on Spotify, Acast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this episode will be out tomorrow on those platforms. And with that, 
I don't believe that we have anything else that we need to discuss. So sorry that uh, we lost Wally about halfway through, but he was here while he was here and that was fine. But thanks so much for joining us, Nick. Thank you for coming to the broadcast. I hope you enjoyed this live stream. It was different for the hockey podcast to go live, but I think it's a lot better to do it this it's way. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll see how many times we do this, but it was at least Thank fun you, Matthew, for your support. And John. Um, give me back the real Ice Hawks. Whoever stole them, maybe it was the AHL because we're too good. Or they were too good. And they replaced them with clones. Maybe, or maybe, yeah, maybe Luke Richardson stole them. Alright, and that's everything. My name is Tyler. This has been the Hockey Podcast, and we will see y'all next time. Take care. Music for this podcast was Cool Rock by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Find out more at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by BY forward slash 4.0.